0: thank you for listening to the redemption church podcast for more information about redemption church please visit redemptionokc.com you can stay up to date on sermons by subscribing to our podcast on itunes thanks again for listening
1: Well, I am not going to preach, and uh, mainly because I can't deal with trains. No, um, but I am going to. I do, I do want to share just for here, here for just a couple minutes, and we're not going to go very long. Um, but I do want to share a few things, and then we're going to we're going to really pray, and then we're going to worship together. And we've got several uh, songs that we want to sing together a little bit later. And um, I mean, this time is just really weird, isn't it? I, I've never lived through a season like this in my lifetime. Not just the pandemic, but our world is just a mess right now. And I think you know the kind of the, the little picture of you when know, we have to send people away and people are coming into our body. Like there's ups and downs, there's good and bad in every day. But and so today, as I came into to kind of this time, my heart was just I feel like I was torn in different directions because. Uh, the the bulk of me was going man. I get to be with my church family for the first time in about nine or ten weeks and we get to sing together and we get to worship together and everything in me was just pumped up to get to do this and celebrate but then last night I'm sitting and I'm watching my Twitter feed and I'm seeing our cities burn down and at the same time and I can't sleep and I'm just going Lord help us like, what are we doing to ourselves? Where are we? And how do we get here? And how do we get out of this place? And so there's just, I feel like there's this kind of tug of war in my heart about, man, let's just get together and celebrate and be happy today, which is really what I wanted to do today. But then there's this other part of me that goes, man, our world's in turmoil. And my heart's broken over the stuff that's going on. And, uh, and so I just want to pray. And I want to share a few things. And then we're going to pray together as a church family. Lord, I, um, if you bow your heads and pray with me, Lord, I do pray for those in our world who are afraid right now. Father, I pray for those who are angry. I pray for those who are crushed and overwhelmed. Father, I pray for those who are lonely. Father, for those who are calloused and cynical, for those who are facing personal hardship, for those who are weary with the brokenness of our world and all of its struggle. Father, we just ask that you would carry us through the trials we're facing, that you would Strengthen us for today, that you would raise your church up, that we might shine brightly the love of Christ in this time, in this moment, Father, that we'd be filled with strength and truth and love on behalf of our world, Father, that you, we, would, we would live as though we've been sent from a heavenly Father to share the love of Christ in this city and around the world. Father, we, we, we ask for your mercy. We ask for your your spirit to just pour down on us. Father, we ask for renewal and revival, and Father, for just a change in our world. Father, we pray it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Friends, I was saying, our world's just a mess. Like, we're we're divided over what to do about the pandemic. We're divided over race. We're divided over how to fix the economy. We're divided over where to wear a mask or whether, whether or not to wear a mask, and people are hurting all around us. And I think in this, there's also an opportunity because the reality is that, that sometimes disruption and pain opens us up to the reality that we're powerless to really change things, that we have to acknowledge that my hands aren't strong enough to fix the wounds and the brokenness that's in the world. And so sometimes it, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to see God work in a new way, that people might be open to new ideas, new thoughts, a new relationship with the Lord and and with what we're called to be and to do. And so I think in the coming months for us as a church, here's my heartbeat as I kind of point the direction forward for us. It's that we would shine brightly, that we would see the opportunity in front of us to shine the light of Christ to our neighbors, to our workplaces, to our friends, to our families, to our world, that they might just see the hope hope that we have in us and understand what that really is all about. And I guess that begs a question for me which is how full of hope are you? How full of the hope of Christ are you? Do you you feel like you have a hope to share? Because Scripture calls us to be ready to give a defense of the hope that's in us, which implies that there ought to be something stirring in our hearts that's hopeful, that's good, that knows God can engage our world and do something in it. And so let me ask you, to think about this, as we think about reopening as a city and as a church and re-engaging our world, don't you just hunger for the Spirit to pour out in a way that helps us to overcome outrage with grace, helps us overcome anxiety with peace, helps us overcome fear with hope, and helps us overcome hate with love? I think in this season our, our world's asking three questions of us, and as we kind of Go forward in the month of June. We're going to have what we call watch parties, and we can't gather like this every Sunday as a church. But man, I, I'm waiting for the day we can. But until then, we want to gather in smaller groups of people all around our city. We want to invite you into homes. We've got ways for you to sign up. We'll tell you about it at the end of that. But we want our small groups together. We want uh, in other places around the city. We've got watch parties that, if you're not in a small group, we'd love for you to jump in and just get together and watch church online, participate together, sing together, pray together. But what I, what I really want us to talk about is how do we find a way forward? And I really think there, there's something to these three questions that I want to come back to repeatedly in the next few weeks, which is questions I think our world is asking of us. And these are the questions. I think our world is asking, Do you love me? They want to know, Do we love them? I think our world is asking, Are you for real? Like, is this just a, a, a kind of an experience that you've done? Is this just a religious thing that you do? Or are you real? And I think the, the, the world is asking, does it work? Does this, does this Christianity, this relationship with Jesus thing actually work? So let me just break those down quickly. When it say, do you love me? 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says this. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to even remove mountains but don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away all that I have and deliver my, my body to be burned and have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Friends, what's our world asking of us when they say, do you love me? I think they're asking if we look like this. I think they're asking, will you be patient and kind towards me? Will you be humble and generous towards me? I think they're asking, will you refuse to be arrogant and rude to me? Will you be flexible and empathetic to me when you don't understand Will you be compassionate towards my sin and my brokenness as Christ was to yours? Will you defend truth on my behalf? Will you fight for my good the way Jesus fights for my good? I think that's what the world's asking us when they say, do you love me? And I think it's an important thing for us. I think our world needs to see us demonstrate through our love that the message of Jesus is true. That Christ is truly the crucified and risen Savior of the world that fills us with a hope. And because we're filled with the hope of Christ, we have hope to offer others. Because we've received grace from Christ, we have grace to offer others. Because we're filled with the love of Christ, we have love to offer others. And I think the world wants to know is, do you love me? Will you demonstrate love to me in the way in which you live and show that Jesus is really the Savior of the world? So that's the first question, do you love me? I think the second one is, Are you real? And I think the primary way we answer that is, are we honest about our own lives? Are we honest about the fact that we don't have it all together? Are we honest about the fact that we don't have every answer? Are we honest about the fact that we have days where we doubt and we struggle and we fall on our face? Are we honest about the fact that we need a savior? And when we don't love like Christ calls us to love, are we willing to say, I'm sorry, I blew it. I didn't represent Jesus well, but I want to and ask forgiveness i think when we do that people will know we're real so do you love me are you for real and i think the third question is does it work i think the way the world knows it works is if enough of us answer people look and go yes so that it takes off in a community of faith like this people look and go man there's something going on there i want to be a part of There's something happening in that group of people that I need to be a part of. There's something happening within that that group called redemption or called church, or not just our church, but the church of Jesus in the world that is going on. That When that happens, revival and renewal breaks out. When that happens, things begin to change. When that happens, communities begin to change because people look and say, there's something going on there, and I don't understand it all, but I want to know more. And they see relationships that are taking place here. And that's what I long to have happen in our church family and what I want to see happen in us. Let's be the church in all of the glory of Christ crucified and Christ risen, that people might know him. Friends, can I just say, we know the Savior. We know him. We know his grace. We know his mercy. We know that for God so loved the world, he sent his only son for you and for me, not because we deserved it or earned it, but because he loved us, because he loved us, because he loved us, he sent his son for us to rescue us, to redeem us, to make us new, so that we might display his love to our world. And do you know people in a world that needs to know a love like that? I and mean, think about your neighbors. Think about your coworkers. Think about the people spewing hate and anger and frustration online. Think about the people who are who are spewing stuff because they're afraid. Because they, they don't know what to do. They're just clamoring and they're clinging to any, any idea and any article and anything. And they're throwing it out there because there's turmoil going on in here. Do you know people like that? That they need to know a Savior? That they need to know a love that's stronger than themselves? I do. I'm one of them. And I know a whole bunch of them here in this, in this place. And I know a whole bunch of them in my life. I want to finish with this. There's an image in John 3 that often gets overlooked. Um, how many of you know John three sixteen? Most of you know that verse, right? How many of you know John three fourteen? Very few. It says, as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. See, there's a story in the Old Testament with Moses and the Israelites, and they had rebelled against God, and there was just havoc being wreaked in the world, and uh, there were fiery serpents that were biting people that were there, and they were dying. And as these serpents were coming, uh, God told Moses to raise, uh, put a snake, a bronze snake, on a stick, and he said, lift it up. And he called the people to lick to the snake that was on that to be healed from the fiery serpent and all the, all the damage that was being done throughout their whole community. And so Moses, would, they would go throughout the people, and as they went throughout the people, they would lift up the snake, and as people looked to the snake, they would be healed, they would be saved, they would be restored. And John took that idea and said, just like Moses lifted up the snake that was going to be the snake of healing and deliverance to the people of God, he says, Jesus is going to be lifted up on a cross, And Christ crucified and Christ resurrected is gonna be the one that brings healing and salvation and we're called to look to him. And as the people of God, we're called to raise up Christ, to exalt him and to call people and say, look to the savior. Look to the one who brings healing. Look to the one who can save us. And that's what we wanna do, friends. That as we go and we connect in this community, and we love our neighbors, and we love those around us, and we lead our families, and we walk through this day. Let's lift up the crucified and risen Jesus, because that's the hope of the world. And As I was thinking about this this morning, I want you to know I don't have all the answers, but I know a man who does. I don't know how to heal every hurt, but I know a man who does. I don't, know how, I don't have the strength to bear all the, these burdens, but I know a man who does. I don't have the power to change the world, but I know a man who does. I don't have the capacity to right every wrong, but I know a man who does. And I don't have the might to make a broken world new, but I know a man who does. And you do too. His name is Jesus. And so let's lift him up, Okay. I want to bring Chris up, and we're just going to pray. We're going to pray to Jesus that he would be powerful in this, this moment, in our church's life, but also just in the life of our world. And we're, then we're going to worship.
0: Yes. Man, thank you so much for that encouragement, Jeff. Um, we are going to—we actually thought about praying after the worship, but with everything going on, uh, man, this is one way we go to the man who has all the answers, right? Right. This is one way we go to Jesus, and so we just thought, let's shift this. Let's go to God right away. Let's pray right now as the church, um, and so we want to invite you into this space for just like the next 10 minutes. Let's approach God in confidence, knowing that uh, the veil has been torn back. We have free access to God through Jesus, and so let's be seated. You can you can. Um, I want to just invite you, if you're comfortable to stand, you can stand. If you want to stay seated, you can can stay seated. But whatever posture is going to help you engage with the Lord in the next 10 minutes, I just want to invite you to that place. And then Jeff and I are going to kind of toggle back and forth with some prayers, and we just want to invite you guys to pray and join us as we do that. Let's pray together. Father, we... We acknowledge your love right now that has rescued and redeemed us. We take a moment, we just, we go back to that place where you intersected our lives to that moment in time where we knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, we knew in our guts, in our our beings that your love was real that it wasn't just words on a page, that it wasn't just that preacher's words. It wasn't just that song, but something happened in our hearts and we understood the depths of your love. And God, we echo Paul's prayer in Ephesians as he thinks about the church and as he thinks about the redeemed and he thinks about those who have experienced the love of Christ, he's not satisfied with just that one time acknowledgement of his love. And he turns his prayers into a longing for more. And so we join him in that spirit. We long for more, God. We want to know more of your love. We need to be changed more by your love. We need to understand the fullness of your love. And so we pray like Paul did that you would strengthen us in our inner beings in that place that's intangible, that's so hard to to put words to. Would you strengthen us in that place right now as we're praying? Each person this morning, strengthen us in our inner beings that we would come to know the love of Christ that surpasses all of our understanding, all of that cerebral knowledge would go deep and that we would experience the breadth and the width and the height and the length of Jesus' love for us in new ways this morning. Father, we ask for that. We ask for that heart change this morning.
1: Father, we pray for just the individuals in our body who are sick. Father, we ask that you'd bring healing. Father, for those who are weary, Lord, would you, would you just gird them up? Yes. Father, for those who are Jesus. outraged, Father, would you give them peace that passes understanding? Father, for those who are out of work, who don't know how they're going to pay their bills, Lord, we just, we ask that you provide. Father, we ask that you would give those who have businesses and are, are worried and anxious about uh, the future, Father, would you give them uh, comfort? Father, give them wisdom. Father, for families who are in turmoil and relationships that are broken, Lord, would you would you heal relationships? Yeah. Father, for the needs that you know of that we don't that we're not aware of, Lord, would you would you just meet people where they are? Yes, Father, in this moment, that whatever they've walked into this morning with, whatever they woke up carrying, God, would you? Would you just be salve to that wound? Yes. Would you be comfort to them?
0: Father, I want to pray specifically for those in this space right now who are experiencing anxiety and fear or maybe depression. Uh, Those who maybe haven't been able to take a deep breath in a long time and just rest in your peace. Those who might even now be experiencing uh, physical symptoms from anxiety, racing, racing heart or, or just uh, uneasiness in their body. God, I pray your peace right now would come and bring healing to them. Bring your peace to them right now. Calm their fears, calm their anxiety. Let them know that you are with them, you love them, you can be found by them.
1: Father, we just ask that you'd bring healing to our world. Yes. Father, pray that you would provide fathers for the fatherless. Father, that you'd provide healing to the hate between races. Father, that you that you would overcome, that you would overcome hate with the love of Christ. Father, would you stir hearts? Would you God we just pray that you'd break through hundreds years old? frustrations and bitterness and anger, Father, that you would bring healing that goes beyond anything we imagine could even be possible, and Father, in our in our despair and our frustration and our desire just to throw up our hands at times, Father, would you fill us with a hope that you're the God of the resurrection, that you're the God who specializes in bringing light to darkness, Father, that you have promised that you will bring a new world one day, Father, I pray that you would help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, that we would be confident that he who began a good work in us will continue to perfect it, and that he will return one day as he, as he left before, and it will happen quickly, and all things will be made new. Father, would we long for that day. God, our world is so broken, and we need you, and we're powerless to, to fix the things that are here but you're not. And Father, we know you're not shaken. We know you're not trembling. Father, we know you're not fretting over this. But Lord, we are. And we don't know exactly how to to fix these things. So Father, we just come powerless and ask for you to do what we cannot. Save us,
0: Lord.